You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program. I am Ayan Shirwa. Long time no talk. I know it's been a minute since you heard from me. I hope you are doing okay. Remember, you can always call Lifeline on 131114 for a chat. They're available 24-7. On a brighter note, we have a self-professed clown joining us in a few minutes. Sunanda Sekatrakul is a comedian, actress and producer. She's also a huge Britney Spears fan, like huge, huge. And today, Sunanda discusses all things comedy and Britney Spears. We're also going to give away free tickets to their comedy special, Sunanda Loves Britney. So stick around to find out how you can nab these tickets. But up first, Britney Spears with Oops, I Did It Again.
you go, there's something I want you to have. Oh, it's beautiful. But wait a minute, isn't this? Yeah, yes it is. But I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean in the air. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Oh, you shouldn't have. Oops, I... to a voting place on election day, you may be eligible to vote at an early voting centre or apply for a postal vote. The federal election is on Saturday the 21st of May. COVID-19 safety measures will be in place. All Australians 18 and over must vote. To find out more and check if you're eligible, ring 132326 or go to aec.gov.au. It's our vote and our future. Authorised by the Electoral Commissioner, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program. I am Ayan Shirwa. Up now is my interview with Sunanda Sakatrol. We talk about all things Britney, comedy, and of course, their upcoming Melbourne show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, Sure. My name is Sunanda. I am a comedian, a Mm -hmm. comedian, an actor, writer, producer, a clown, uh, hosted a little radio too, but I guess I'm here as a comedian today. Um, I just, uh, did a show, my first ever show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival called Sunanda Loves Britney. Um, that was a 12 night run, which was quite an undertaking. It was the longest run I've done of a show. Um, but we came out of it with a best newcomer nomination, which is not easy. Um, I've been here less than three years in Melbourne and, if you can hear from my accent, I don't sound like an Australian, mm. um, you know. So, uh, yeah, I feel really new on the scene, but I think that's that made this nomination more surprising. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you said 12-night run. Was it back-to-back? It was six nights, one night off, and then another six nights. I've always been fascinated when comedians say back-to-back, like how do you keep the same energy for every show? What does that look like? Well, honestly, the audience is different every show, and I think a good comedian, like any good performer, responds to the audience. So every night is a little different. Of course, like you try to keep your script as much the same as possible. I have a tendency to play and to like respond live to my audience. So different jokes happened every night. Um, I guess that's what you like stay alive for. You like stay in the moment for. So it does, it ends up feeling different every single night. And you're like, 
sometimes you'll be like, whoa, this joke did not work tonight. Or, you know, or with an audience that you'll be like, wow, these people really laughed a lot at Mm. this one thing where like the previous night people very uncomfortably laughed. But you start to learn different components of your audience. And I think, yeah, so every night feels fresh and fun and new. Yeah. And it sounds like you get to also tweak as well. Like, as you mentioned, if there's a certain joke that doesn't work the next night, you kind of go, okay, I see what I did there. This is um, what I can do for this night. Yeah. Totally. Yes. It gives you the opportunity to develop the show. And so I did it for the first time on Tuesday, April 12th. And like by that Thursday, it was a slightly different show by the following, by that Sunday, it was definitely different by the next week, um, closing weekend. I was like, Oh, okay. Now I know my show. Now I know what the show is. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you for, I don't know if you gave us any trade secrets, but I do appreciate (laughs) that information. Um, so how did you arrive at comedy? So I've been doing, I guess, been doing in quotation mark comedy for six fish years now. So I was always a producer. I would work with creatives and because uh, almost every kind of creative needs a producer or wants one. You know, you don't want to do your own production work. And I was always in production, event production, short film production, photo photography production. Anyway, I was working with a photographer friend um, who, as I like to say, took a lot of pictures of pretty girls in pretty natural light. And um, it was all about being like pretty and light and beautiful and like a perfume ad or like a lingerie ad. And I kept being like, hey, make it funny. And she's like, I'm not going to make this lingerie ad funny. Obviously, you have an obsession with funny. Go find your own thing. And it was the nicest big sister type move anyone has ever done was like, stop telling me what to do. Go find your own thing. Like I'm a person of color. My family's Punjabi, but I grew up in Thailand. So Punjabi Thai went to an international school um, and I'm queer. I'm a woman like performing comedy never seemed like something in the cards for someone like me. And I think that's why I came to it quite late. Like I'm in my late thirties now. So I didn't take my first improv class until I was like basically my mid thirties. And because I never saw anyone like me do it, you know, but I think, um, and I came out as queer a couple years before I tried the comedy thing. And I think once I came out as queer and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm breaking one of the biggest rules in my life. Then I was like, oh, the consequences for breaking a rule are that you're happier. So what if I break another rule? You've performed stand-up comedy in Melbourne. Have you performed it elsewhere as well? I used to live in in Bangkok. I did comedy in Bangkok. Talk about a terrible scene of just cishet white men making really terrible jokes that, uh, you know, are not only tinged with, but are fully soaked in homophobia, transphobia, racism, sexism, 
Um, so that wasn't the best place, but that's where I started doing stand-up was Bangkok. And um, I've also done stand-up in New York, in LA. I've mm. performed in Hawaii, actually. That was fun. Um, Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, yeah. all over a little bit. And how would you describe those scenes compared to Melbourne? I think what I've learned is basically everywhere. If you're doing English language stand-up comedy, even a place like Bangkok, it's dominated by cishet white men because I guess that's who traditionally thought comedy was for them and they were the only people who could do comedy which I actually find ridiculous because, and not in a sad way, but trauma definitely gives you material. And I don't want to just say trauma, but but any kind of difficult passage that builds resilience because humor is such a part of resilience, I think, of, of anybody who has a resilient nature, um, is deeply rooted in humor. And if we look at it that way, I'm like, Everyone but a cishet white guy has more to have to laugh about, Mm. you know, because we have a lot more struggles in this current world to like get through. Mm. Um, And I think that's what builds humor. So I'm like, a cishet white guy is actually the last person I'd want to watch doing stand up because I'm like, what the hell have you experienced? Um, okay, so this is a question that I just literally thought of as you were speaking. Would you have any thoughts on cancel culture and comedy? Where do you where do you stand on it? So I I make some like slightly off color jokes, and you know, for the Melbourne um, scene, I guess there's like a part in my show where I my show Sunanda loves Britney. It, also involves me coming out to my family as a lesbian and um, the reactions of the different family members, like the way my mom reacted, the way my dad reacted, the way my brother reacted. And basically at this point, my brother, my brother asked me what percent straight I am after I told him I was gay. And I think I did some weird calculation and told him 13%. And his response was, we can find you a dude that's cool with that. So I go into imagining a scenario where I have to be in this, um, what I found is there's a technical term for it, a lavender marriage. But basically I make a joke that I get married to a closeted Punjabi man named Manmeet, Manmeet or Sukhdeep, Sukhdeep. (laughs) And then I told my partner who is um, Melbourne born and raised and quite aware of what constitutes possibly being canceled or not and she was like you cannot make fun of the names man meat and suck deep in your show people will be so offended on your behalf they will cancel you so I just address it in my show at the end where I'm like everybody laughed when I said man meat or suck deep but are you allowed to laugh I'm allowed to make fun of it Mm. because as a Punjabi, assigned female at birth, gender non-binary. I'm definitely lower on the power ladder, if you want to calculate that, Mm. than a Punjabi man. And so that's punching up for me. But the people who are laughing at those things, is that 
punching up or punching down for them. And I think, I think it's never black and white. I think it's never clear cut. I think it's definitely always try to punch up, but you can never, once you like let something go, like, like make art or, you know, release anything into the society for other people to react to it. You can't control how they react to it. So there has to be some sort of some level of responsibility or at least, and if that means having people question why they're laughing at something, um, that's what I like to do instead of just being like, oh no, this is completely off limits. I'm going to get canceled hundred percent because mm-hmm. there's definitely, especially here in Melbourne, I think a hyper awareness of what's cancelable and what's not. And I'm like, I'd rather have the conversation. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the only way you know what's cancelable, <laughs> in fact, is if you have that conversation. And I think um, yeah. it's a work in progress. You know, it's something that you try to figure out. It's case by case. But having a blanketed no is sometimes a bit tricky. Um, and I'm guessing it would be tricky for your field as well. Yeah, I think avoiding the conversation altogether is such bullshit. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word on here. I think so. Oh, no. Okay. No, no. Yes. Sorry. I think trying to avoid any conversation is complete bullshit. I think creating a safe, safe space where everybody is coming from love and curiosity is how we should be approaching things instead of immediately reacting with like, that was offended. And that made me really uncomfortable. And you're canceled now. Online and in cinema, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival will be running online from the 1st to the 31st of July and at Cinema Nova from the 21st to the 31st of July. Canvassing the world's best docos from South by Southwest, Tribeca and Hot Docs, as well as the best Australian content. Check out the lineup and book today at mdff.org.au or cinemanova.com.au. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Diaspora Blues. I am Ayan Shirwa and you are listening to my conversation with comedian Sunanda about their play, Sunanda Loves Britney. Stick around to find out how you can win free tickets to their Melbourne show. When did your love affair with Britney start? When was the first time you laid eyes on Britney and was like, I'm captivated by this human being? Late years, actually. I'm a really big fan of her music, actually. People are surprised. Um, yeah, I get actually in my show, I talk about the first time I ever heard Baby One More Time on the radio. Um, and I reenact that scene. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, I think at that point in my life, I was in 10th grade. I was closeted, like heavily closeted. And Britney Spears came along and that music, I I also love pop music so much. I've totally been raised on pop music. Like I sang more pop songs from the radio at the age of six than I ever did any kind of nursery rhyme. Like Wham's Last Christmas, I remember I would sing as a six-year-old over and over. And it's like, what a weird song. So I remember hearing Baby One More Time on the radio and being like, what is this insanity? This is like the catchiest, hottest, also about heartbreak that I didn't realize I was experiencing at the time, I think. Um, Because the first 
girl I had ever been in love with had left school, but we were still writing each other letters. So I think a lot of it resonated with me, but it at such a deep level that I couldn't recognize it. And it's easier to be like, I'm obsessed with Britney Spears than to um, investigate why you are so obsessed with a blonde mm. white woman. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Britney Spears. And yeah. I've, oh. I've always been like a supporter of Britney Spears as well, like all the different oh. faces that she had. And now that conservatorship, conservatorship, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Anyways, that is over. And I'm so happy for sis. And yeah, I love the idea that Britney Spears was an awakening for you in a way. Um, that's really mm. fascinating. And that's something that you go into in your show. Can you tell me more about the kind of things you talk about? Because it is about Britney Spears, but Britney is. Spears is more like the catalyst for other stuff, right? Yes, definitely. So um, the show is directed by Candy Bowers, who is a veteran of the theater scene here in Australia and uh, globally, actually. So I think in shaping the show with, with Candy, who is not a Britney Spears fan, at the the beginning of the show is basically me talking about all the things I know about Britney. Like I know so much ridiculous information <laughs> about Britney Spears. Like I know that she loves eating chili dogs and her favorite ice cream flavor is orange sherbet. Wow. You know, like why do I know this information? And in discussing it with Candy, she was like, you got to share with people how psychotic you are about Britney. Like I used to do school um, projects about Britney Spears. Um, and so there's examples of that at the beginning of the show as well. Like I, you know, did a presentation on Britney Spears for my Spanish class in high school. And then I did um, a linear regression analysis because uh, that involved Britney Spears and why she wasn't winning any Grammys, because wow. I was trying to get to the bottom of why this person who I thought was the most incredible artist slash entertainer, definitely entertainer, never won a Grammy. And I, and at that point, I think I was like, the Grammys are the ultimate, right? If Britney Spears is the ultimate, how come Britney Spears keeps getting nominated, but not winning any Grammys? There's something not adding up. So I did a full like data study on that um, using extremely nerdy math. I did like a media communications degree where I studied like celebrity culture and stuff. And again, of course, used Britney as the center for that study because it was like the beginning of the conservatorship phase. And it was just insane to me how overexposed Britney was and how like tabloid magazine sales would go through the roof. Like they've never made any, they've never made more money off of anybody else ever than when Britney Spears was on the cover. And so mm -hmm. I think I was really obsessed with that idea too, of the exploitation of Britney Spears. Yet, yet I am part of the problem because why do I have to know what kind of flavor ice cream she loves? Where'd you go for this information? Were you in the like, what would you call them like stan forums that kind of thing yeah just online there are a lot a lot of academic journals actually you'd be surprised how many people are into academics and pop culture mm. yeah no, it's fascinating that britney spears like you could write a dissertation on just how much she's impacted all areas of life legal we're talking about media okay yeah. so when is your show where can we get 
tickets um mm-hmm. and also maybe your go-to tracks your go-to britney spears tracks when you want to oh, feel man. good about yourself and when you want to party and have fun i think that's the hardest question you've asked me this entire <laughs> trip um well the show is sunanda loves britney it's on sunday may 22nd at the brunswick ballroom which is here in brunswick on sydney road um it starts at 5 p.m and you will be done with your evening at 8 30 p.m we also have some dancers um south asian dancers who are going to bring some queer bollywood britney western vibes um to the show that's all i can give away and we also mm. have a dj uh miss risk is gonna risk. be yeah so miss risk is gonna be djing and bringing some bhangra and britney beats um for us to celebrate mm. and uh yeah you can get tickets at the brunswick ballroom website um just look up sunanda loves britney or you can check out my instagram you know sunanda because by now you know me um and my favorite britney spears song oh god i don't know well baby one more time just because it started the whole thing and it's so freaking great um give me more is you know i opened my show with give me more actually yes 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 you know stronger especially right now it really is resonating so much Oh, I guess nice. I'll leave it at that. Otherwise, yeah. I'll never stop. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was great chatting to you. Thank you so much for um, coming in and telling us about this extravaganza because that's what it sounds like. It's not just the show. It's a production, and I can't wait to check it out. Yeah. Thank you. That was writer and comedian Sunanda. Sunanda has kindly offered Diaspora Blues listeners free tickets to her upcoming show in Melbourne, for tickets, go to Instagram, go to our Instagram page at 3cr.diasporablues, click on the most recent post and share your favorite Britney song in the comments. You can also visit Brunswick Ballroom to purchase tickets to Sunanda Loves Britney, which I am going to do as soon as I can. That is it from me. You can follow us on Instagram at 3cr.diasporablues. Listen back to this episode and all of our previous episodes on our 3CR page at 3cr.org.au forward slash diaspora blues. I'm going to leave you with a song by Jessica Moboy, Talk About Going Back. It's called Risk It. I will see you next week.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.